Daddy Lady, the book club of love. Hi, Vera Elizabeth. Hi, Barbara Ann. Welcome to the last episode of the year. It's only December 20th, Barbara. But we know. But we know. We know. We know. Vera, why are we having such a hard time with ethical slut? I think there's a couple of reasons. First of all, you and I are working mothers, just period. That's that's all I got to say about that. We, uh, we just put out our postcard, yes. which took mental energy, and it, it's just, it's very time-consuming to do that. Yeah. If you haven't gotten your card, there's still time, your Pooh Bell holiday postcard. How do people request one from us? You need to send your actual snail mail to datyladies at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, Instagram or something, at, yeah. At datyladies or at the Pooh Bell twins. Yeah, and for all the work that we put into the postcard, it's one of my favorite things of the year. Yeah. It's like this real, it's a very creative endeavor that at the end, I can hold in my hand. Yeah. And it brings a lot of people joy and a lot of people go, this is my only, this is the only holiday card I get. I don't know. I really love it. I do too. It's well worth it. So do you have anything to add as to why we have not gotten to The Ethical Slut, a book that we read, I'm now remembering, starting back in like August or September? I think it's just like, we want to do it justice. It's a real departure from every relationship that we've had. My own opinions on what what is going to work for me in the future are changing. I think maybe we should talk about that during our Twin Sights today. Okay. But just like stuff we've learned about dating, Mm -hmm. you from the books and me maybe more from the actual experiences I've had this year. Please, you're gonna cut that, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, which really. means I'm not going. No, to. No, you've got to. You have. You gave me a Perrier, Barbara. That's not my fault. Okay. Well, it's your Perrier. You brought it here. Oh, did I? Just gave it back to you. Okay. Set you up. Uh, another reason we're not doing all the things. I'm sick. Yeah, you've been sick. It's a season of being sick. Yeah. Vera, I had I had to clean up little girl vomit. I felt oh. like such a mom when I'm dealing with vomit. I am Pee Wee Herman <laughs> with the snakes le- leaving the pet store, <laughs> holding the snakes. <laughs> And I had to do it for myself earlier in the week. And then my daughter threw up on the weekend. And I was like... All over the weekend? She threw up all over the weekend. It was. She woke up. I just heard, Mom, Mom, why is this happening? And it was all over a wool rug and all over books and like... And I had to keep it together for her and you, not go. You go into a mode when you're cleaning up somebody's puke. I, I did that with my little brother when he just projectile vomited just over just in his entire room. Oh, you and I yeah. were teenagers babysitting. Mom had just left for the night. Uh-huh. And I just went, well, I'm going to leave my body right now. And I'm going to yeah. clean vomit off of every Lego. Oh, my God. Every, and so, yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Barbara. Anyway, yes, I've been sick and I'm still sick. I, I got a colonoscopy. So, hey, <laughs> life, life, life happened in the past few months so yeah so should we just focus on what we've learned this year and we will be getting to the ethical slut i think it's just it's a real challenge we're gonna need the help of our listeners i think too yeah on that one but anyway okay so i'm gonna we're gonna start with upward spiral because that's the first book that we did something that i learned from that book is that uh when you make when you build small changes you can accomplish you know better mental health Mm. by making little changes. That's what the whole book is about. And I found this year, I really put that into practice with small changes across the board, working on creative projects that I've been trying to work on for like a decade, mm-hmm. you know, a couple couple of different projects like that. And I've gotten to where I wanted to be. Great. So that's one thing that I would like to put forward. Yes, the small changes work. They definitely have to be somewhat enjoyable. If you wanted to apply that to dating, because this is a dating podcast, you could make small changes and in a year, maybe be a little closer to whatever your goal is. But all your changes have to be like with yourself. Do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like, like I've referenced Marie Kondo's sparking joy method of like getting rid of some stuff. And maybe it's a little like hacky to be like Marie Kondo. But I really do believe that when you start to focus on the stuff that makes you happy, as opposed to the stuff that you think is going to get you a result, because you don't have any guarantee of like that result, but you do have some some control over what is going to make you happy. And you can only control yourself. I think that's what I'm grappling with right now. And that is incredibly, incredibly hard to do. Yeah. I decided recently to drum roll, get rid of my dating apps. I flushed them down the toilet and I feel so good about it. I have written down here hyphen or dash dash, not field. (laughs) Why? You were such a proponent of field. But I could see that it was making you miserable. Yeah. You didn't enjoy it. Field wasn't working for you. No. Field was an idea that I had. Yeah. Somebody else had success. You did not. You didn't even want to talk about Field. Get rid of fucking Field. Yeah. You know, in that case, I was like, I was thinking about our friend Lisa who found love. And I have so much respect for Lisa professionally, as a person. I just, I love her life. And I kept thinking about her. Like my mind kept going back to her. If I respect her, I'm sure whoever she found, I would respect, you know, where's that person for me? And she works in the same industry as me. And maybe I would find someone, you know, that would suit me the way, you know, this person suits her. Yeah, it didn't didn't happen. It didn't. And then also like with Hinge, the other, you know, I tried Tinder for a second and it was just like fucking freaked out because someone said, hey, I see you're a mile away from me. We we don't live in in a world where that's safe. Yeah. So for Hinge, you know, which I put a lot of time and energy into it one of the last exchanges I had was this woman who hit me up she lived in Long Beach like we spent so much time going back and forth and me actually going like hey I have a free like certain day of the week and I would be happy to come out and see you and she was like well I can only do it between now and and then finally she goes you know what I don't think this is gonna work for me I'm like she hit me up you know and I I can't I don't have that kind of time yeah I've had one good experience on it honestly I had to come to terms with that you know and someone I had a relationship with a couple years ago at this point you know and I've never met I've never seen anyone like her that's it no one even came close so that does none of that sounds somewhat enjoyable no but like you know I'm talking to my therapist about like just staying in the flow and we've been in the pandemic and so I've really thought like I used like a couple years ago I would get on for five minutes and get off get on for a week and get off Mm -hmm. and I have to remember like I was talking to someone I found a friend on hinge and Mm -hmm. then we were talking we just have similar language like our language is like whatever you want to call it artsy alternative I don't know what what old people call that but you know I did not find anyone in my tribe and it is very confusing and disheartening to try and fit yourself into that mold you know like and I don't even know how to describe that like I'm not what am I Vera I'm not uh you are your circus yeah um that's what Blaine and I would describe ourselves every week when we're packing up our bags to go to Vegas to do a terrible show at a (laughs) At the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> the Hard Rock. It was a great show the Hard at a Rock. terrible venue. Exactly. It was a great show at a terrible venue. In but a terrible city. But yeah, that was, we were circus family because, and, and we continue to be circus family, you know, like he has to work on our, um, on Valentine's Day because that's when he does Lucha Vavoom and that's, I mean, it's like, it's circus yeah. family. You're like, it's a different way of being. I want to like convey something that, that is not specific to me and my tribe but I find it also with like since I've had the kids I've taken corporate jobs and I'm never gonna completely fit in I'm just not and I'm I find like in a lot of different places in my life I'm trying to insert myself in a way where I'm like hey I'm just one of you guys and it's exhausting I know I already have an outsider complex being growing up as a twin and you know just moving around a lot or for whatever reason Um, I know I feel the same way I kind of gave up on my kids school this this year I like the people at my kids school but I know Mm -hmm 
that we're never going to be buddies. Like it's just not going to happen, but that's okay. That's okay. It's hard to accept that though. It's harder though to try and put yourself into that little hole. So that's, uh so that's what I was, (laughs) (laughs) so that's what you said a thing in the beginning that I'm trying to relate this back to is like knowing what works for you and what doesn't. If the whole, if there's like a general world view that is like the easy way to go and you're saying no, that's that's a hard thing to accept, like because it, it makes you think that there's like a, a giant pool of people out there, but you don't have access to them. Yeah, but it's not if it's difficult, though, then it isn't the easy way to go. You're not going with the flow if it's difficult. Well, if your goal is to date, uh, then you have to you have to be pretty flexible. And I have arthritis. <sighs> you know what I mean? It's a hard one. I'm telling you, it's, it's a lot I harder. Know. I'm speaking from married privilege. I I know I am. But I think when all else fails, I think you need to think what what is this making me happy? Hinge Hinge wasn't making you happy. Field was making you like angry. (laughs) Well, maybe field was making me angry because it wasn't working for you. But if if you're to go like my standards are this and my standards are pretty high at this point, because being by myself for this long, which is the longest I have ever been alone in my entire adult life. Mm -hmm. Like people who have casual racism, casual misogyny, like a lack of self understanding or there's so much subtle stuff that I will not fucking put up with so so who's left is is a hard it's a hard one I don't know I don't know what the answer is I think meeting more people which is still very difficult to do well so what can you do that is making you happy instead of going on apps to look for dates going out which I've been doing I've been going out with friends and um you know I I contacted a ton of people for a postcard that I haven't you know that I've always liked I'm not talking about romantically at all I'm talking about just people we've worked with or whatever yeah and just like said what's your address I'm gonna send you a postcard you know I want to connect with all these amazing people I have so many amazing people in my life so do that because that's making you happy that's what I'm doing and who knows where that you know that could go somewhere but don't but you don't want to think of it in those terms I'm not thinking of it in those terms it's just like yeah, it's just communicating with other people and like... Yeah, the human <laughs> connection is, yeah. is is very fulfilling. I find that just by emailing somebody and going, hey, do you still live here? And mm-hmm. then they, they go, yes. And then they know they're getting a postcard and it's such a nice little exchange. Well, okay. So that's what I got out of uh, Upward Spiral. What are we, 45 minutes into the podcast? Yep. Um, so after that, we talked to Sheila. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Sheila was referred to us by a mutual friend. We do sort of have like some similar friends in common, but I wouldn't have met her mm-hmm. had she not agreed to be a guest. So that was really cool. I don't know what I learned from that, but it was fun talking to her. Um, <laughs> um, I learned, you know, the, the other side of the dick pic controversy. <laughs> <Right>. Like <laughs> if you want a big schlong, then send that, send that photo along. So if you want Requ- a big schlong, Requ- send that photo, photo along. Yes. Request the- um, but, you know, in talking about that, we rec- I received my first unsolicited dick pic. Didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't like it. No. Re- did not like that at all. I'm just going to say this out loud. I, what I realized this year is I don't like giant schlongs. Really? Yeah. Like how big? Like big. Like really big. Like... <laughs> like really uncomfortable. Okay. Like- well, like so... <laughs> This Perrier can or like... No, that's okay. (laughs) I mean, no, not if it was shaped like that and hard like that. That looks awful. That wouldn't be... (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's a cylinder. It doesn't really... But if it was squishy, it would be fine, I think. (laughs) Okay. Um, Um, Is this why the parents don't want to talk to me at school? (laughs) But I just want to put out... I just want to put that out there. If there's one person out there, me... (laughs) 
hates them. <laughs> just going to say it. And also, if you own a giant schlong. You still have to develop a personality. I was just about to say that. <laughs> um, I think there's a chance that if you have a giant schlong, you might think that all you need is a giant schlong. Yeah. Man, those, I mean. But it's not a case. <laughs> I've accumulated. This is another thing I've discovered in the two years or whatever it's been since I've been by myself. It's like you just kind of get these little flashes from previous relationships that you kind of put in a different context, you know, because it's just you. And there's yeah. no, like the context is just you. And I've realized that of all the giant schlongs I've encountered in my life, the level of fulfillment has been, on average, inversely proportional. Yes. Well, interesting. That's very interesting. Anyway, I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay, I next like book. We did 17 parts on the autism guide. What did you learn from that, Barbara? I love that book so much. I've learned that um, although there's no excuse for shitty behavior, you I don't think you can discount neurodiversity in the population. I've really reevaluated almost every encounter I've had that's been a little bit and a lot of my own behavior. I don't know if I'm neurodivergent, but it's made me look at things very differently. Yeah. And it also just hammered home like these really basic concepts that you are tricked out of believing by people because people need things and like what? I don't know there's that example of the if somebody says they're going to call you and they don't they're not going to call you and that's okay it's, it's like a, a lot of things are okay the way people yeah. are if they don't want to date you it is okay yeah in fact that's that's one of the points I want to talk about is like it's a gift when someone doesn't want to date you because they may not know you but they know themselves yeah they know they're not good for you so my incel friends please Oh my God, we, we We actually said the word. We said the word. Just know that person knows themselves. It has nothing to do with you. Unless you're, you know, you're aggressive or violent or whatever. There's a concrete reason. But that person, just like, take that because it is 100% true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift when someone walks away because otherwise you would have spent more time on someone who's not right for you. I know. And the, I, the uh, experience of pining for somebody who's not interested in you is so soul destroying. Yeah. It wastes your time, but it also makes you feel really bad and you shouldn't, don't do that. Okay, that brings up another point. I'm going to call out social media love bombers. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to stop. We we have some wonderful people who are very consistent with their appreciation of our posts. Yes, and we take it as in the way that it's intended. However, other people, I think, or they they like stuff to get attention back. Or especially for me, being single, I'm like, does that is that person interested in me? Mm. Like, am I on their like notification list? Because it's, every time I post something, they like it right away. I don't. And I, I don't really have that. You're single. I do. You're yeah. single. Uh huh. It's confusing. And yeah, like I would say, if you're doing that to somebody and you don't want to let go and you like the attention that you get back for it because you're putting out this like kind of ambiguous ambiguous yeah yeah i think that's literally both ways right ambiguous yeah ambiguity. well you're, you're putting you're putting out positive it's it's love bombing but it's like you want that person's attention and you don't you don't want it to manifest in real life that's like yeah i think you have to go like if i don't want something from somebody it's not fair to act in that way and you just have to let that person's attention go We just had a little conversation off mic that yeah. there's a lot of people that we really like and we're friendly with them and we are not talking about you. Yeah, they, they leave <laughs> thoughtful yeah. word wordplay messages. We're not talking about you. Let's see. Next, um, Natasha. We did an interview with Natasha. When I first saw Natasha, when she first came into my... Um, realm of knowing that people exist. Mm -hmm. I was very intimidated by her. <laughs> I still am. 
and she turned out to be like the nicest yeah. <laughs> most personable like I'm yeah, so good I'm awesome. so happy that we met her and so so happy that we interviewed her she has uh, like a podcasty thing I don't think she did come to mama but she's doing beerless and brawless yes find her she's great she's like a really just wonderful woman we we only put like an hour of our talk with her find her and hire her and yeah. she has a fabulous new hairdo oh she does <laughs> yeah i mean she's such a stunning woman natasha estrada listen to her interview go find her on instagram <clears throat> listen to her stuff Oh, you know what I learned from her is that oh, and every time I go into Target now, I look at the mannequins and like, because mm, we were talking about the fupa with her. Oh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, there may be plus size mannequins or models now, but it's only one shape. It's the like hourglass. Like yeah. there's no diversity within that. And I started looking at that and realizing, oh, there's discrimination even <laughs> in that world. Like, yeah. so um, I really I appreciated that she opened my eyes to that. All right, Barbara. Yeah. You know what it was after that? Mm, no idea. I'm getting to idea. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Toxic can, piece of garbage. I'm just going to say what I learned, okay? Okay. I learned one thing, and that's um, if you're going to take somebody's word about how to live your life, you better uh, know a little bit about the person who's telling you that. Yeah. And if you can't find a single shred of information about the personal life of the author of the book that's telling you how to be, then you're probably reading Why Men Love Bitches. <laughs> Because um, I think we discussed. Oh my god, that book is such a fucking joke. That the author doesn't exist. No. Does not exist. Stop reading that fucking book. Stop recommending it. It's such a damaging book. And can I just say, Vera, you yeah. know this. Yeah. That episode, maybe it's because our first one, I don't know, but it has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of listens. It does. And I really hope it's because it's our first episode and not because it's that book. I think the third most listened to episode is the getting to I do. Jesus. Which just tells me that listeners, you really love to pummel yourselves with <laughs> fucking bad advice. Dating advice, it has to do with your place in society. That's something I've learned also this year is that relationship or dating books, their responsibility, like after reading Aaron's book, which is the next one. Getting into a relationship, you have to take into consideration your ideas regarding feminism. If you're going to have kids and you want those kids to be protected, if you don't even if you're if you're fine with your place in life and you're happy serving your man or whatever it is, you know that's one thing. But if you want your daughter to make money and not be harassed or abused, or your son to be an abuser, this is stuff you have to learn at some point. And so to pass it on, yeah, it's like yeah. Y you can suffer. I don't know, Vera. I'm just it's very frustrating. I read I saw a TikTok. First of all, I want to say, let me back up one second. Mm -hmm. I stopped going on Reddit in September. I didn't know you were Reddit sober. I'm Reddit sober. It was very easy to do. I had a hiatus. Oh. I spent, and I will talk about this in another podcast, two weeks in court. It was the pretrial for Amy's murder. Mm -hmm. So I spent two weeks in that, and I couldn't use the internet. And when I was done uh, with those two weeks, I was done with Reddit. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I would learn a little bit of information, but in general, it was making me really sad and anxious. So I cut it out of my life. I have replaced it with TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but TikTok, at least it's a little funny. But it's anyway, methadone. it's my methadone. <laughs> One thing I saw on TikTok. Sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> it was a woman talking about patriarchy and how damaging it is to men as well. Yeah. Um, the gist of it was in the olden days, women needed to get married because they couldn't have their own credit card. They couldn't have their own house. They couldn't blah, blah, blah. So they would get into these relationships that didn't weren't exactly based on love. Mm -hmm. And now that women can wait, um, they don't necessarily need somebody to open a credit card for them. 
they have different criteria for dating. Um, and it could be like love or somebody who treats me well. Pardon what? The thing is like there is no like the transition to that maybe wasn't explained to everybody. So there are a lot of men who still feel that they could um, get into relationships without having those skills. Mm -hmm. And they were not necessarily passed down by their mm -hmm. fathers or grandfathers because they didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's in this way that patriarchy, I know um, there are certain people who will probably bristle just hearing that word, but it is not beneficial to anyone. Mm -hmm. It is not, you can benefit from it, but there are many ways that it doesn't benefit men, mm -hmm. you know? So dudes who, who don't like the idea of like, fuck the patriarchy, it's not always going to be helpful to you as well. So I just wanted to say that. Learned it on TikTok. Yeah. It does. It's not beneficial. Well, I mean, like out earning somebody or whatever, like that type of stuff. But as far as love goes, I do not think patriarchy helps. And oh, I yeah. And it also, you know, some men don't know how to like do laundry or wash their ass. So and that's also stuff that just wasn't handed down. You know what I mean? Or wash their ass. Wash their ass. Yes. Wash their ass. I said it. Wash their ass. Some guys think um, I'm going on this a tangent. No. <laughs> well, what's your source? My <laughs> TikTok. Okay. Some men what? Um, they think that washing their ass is gay. Oh my God, that is so scary and sad. Yeah. Anywho, what were we talking about? Um, are they like tongue washing? <laughs> what are they talking about there? Touching your own butt is gay. Wiping your ass is gay. Washing your ass is gay. Because it involves your butt. This is where patriarchy goes wrong. Okay. So. They, okay. they do not wipe or wash their asses. <laughs> I just didn't. I just. You didn't know that? It's true. No. Yes. Where where you go on TikTok and Reddit, I read a physical newspaper that gets delivered <laughs> to my house and I don't get the same information <laughs> that you do. Well you need to do your research, okay? <laughs> Look, I don't go on Reddit anymore, and I didn't. Okay. I, 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 I dropped it cold turkey, and I, I don't know, have. Proud of you. I don't have any desire to go back on it. And just about the time you dropped it, you started writing um, something very important. Oh, for that's both so of interesting. Us. That's so interesting. How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah, that's so bizarre. My my tolerance for like people who are not who have not accepted that they need to reject the patriarchy. There's a hundred percent chance that your daughter is going to be harassed. Like dudes, yeah, m women are so tired and also not n nearly as effective at preventing harassment and abuse and all that stuff. Men need to say the things because even if you say the things all day long, the women you love will be harassed and abused. Do you you understand that right? Like even if a guy spent all day long on a soapbox saying you can't do these things, the point where we are in society right now, the women you love will still be have a very difficult life. This is like, like global warming. It is. It's like maybe f 10 generations down the line, if you start talking now, maybe your great, 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 great granddaughter will be, you know, live a life that's like, you know, 10% harassment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, just like fucking step up. That's something I learned and I can't unlearn it. My perspective on that was forever changed by listening to a podcast called Crime Analyst mm -hmm. by Laura Richards. Mm -hmm. And I love her. Um, she's for every all those true crime junkies out there. Ew. <laughs> Ew, I hate myself. <laughs> no, don't. We have friends that love crew, crew crime. Yep. We have friends who love true crime. It, it feeds some purpose. All those friends, please listen to Crime Analyst and specifically the episodes, the Forgotten Victims episodes. Because uh, Laura centers the victims in her stories. So it, And they're all women, I'll tell you that much. Mm. Or like, you know, 99.9% .9 are. And it's a perspective on true crime that I've 
not come across in any other series. Hmm. But the Forgotten Victims, if you listen to all the episodes, especially the ones in the beginning about the murders and the ones at the end, which are the um, analysis of the perpetrator, uh-huh. you'll see that the misogyny with the killer, the serial killer, mm-hmm. and in law enforcement is the reason that so many women died. And it, it encapsulates like, in a very extreme way. And it's, you know, it serves the purpose that a crew crime <laughs> podcast. <laughs> crew crime podcast that what the just the curiosity whatever it is yeah it will hammer into your head how damaging misogyny is oh um in a way that you will not experience in any other like anyway i highly recommend it tell, tell me the name again crime analyst it's a crew crime podcast by laura richards okay um Okay, what else? Well, Consent Guide, we, did we already cover that? Well, mentioned it. It's Erin yeah. Tillman's book. An easy read. Please buy it on Amazon or through her website. She'll sign it for you. I think Erin's doing really incredible work. Yeah, about consent. Yeah, just check out her website because she also ha- she works with organizations that have events that you can attend. And I was thinking maybe that's a good place to meet people like where the context is consent yeah, or learning or whatever it is, where it's like that is the main reason you're there. I learned from reading her book, like I finally had the revelation of the reason that I found like first kisses to be so horrifying was because I had had a number of first kisses that I didn't want that had been you know acted on me put on me Mm -hmm. even when I was saying no like I don't want this and it wasn't it wasn't a dude jumping out of the bushes yeah you know it was uh I told my pumpkin patch story where a guy friend of 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 my boyfriend who I just broken up with just walked right over tried to kiss me in front of everybody it was really embarrassing and I was already um I had a boyfriend at that point so it was very uncomfortable your new boyfriend and yeah and then the reason he stopped was he said do you have a boyfriend and I said yes that was the only reason not do you not want to be um, kissed in front of uh, a bunch of people in a pumpkin patch A, a, a bunch of your professional colleagues you know right even if it's someone you like though just having that exchange like may I kiss you or can I kiss you or yeah like, but it's just always that awkward like sitting on the couch with someone you like it's just it would take the awkwardness out of it and there's nothing as uncomfortable as having someone lunge at you it is and just like the somebody's face that you don't want coming closer and it's like jaws you know like just yeah. closer and closer and then they're touching you and it's like but I didn't I don't want this so um now I make Blaine say can I kiss you <laughs> no but I mean it's like if all my kisses had been can I kiss you and then they had accepted me when I'd said no yeah that would have been amazing or yes because many times it was yes it would have been yes yeah anywho so yeah. That, that was a real interesting understanding of my past it's real simple seems real simple it makes sense too like you you wouldn't stick your finger in somebody's ear or up their nose without asking you know what no, I mean you would definitely go may yeah. I can I stick my finger in in your nose in and your nose ear. and and yeah. ear and, and mouth at the same time you can, and if, if you could kind of like Friend, all right. I can hear the mouth noise. Um, speaking, speaking of uh, sticking things in the ear, I got the Axle Glade, which is like the little camera you stick in your ear. You're so weird, Vera. I know. It's not that. It's not that. I don't recommend it. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's not the amazing product. No, it kind of kind of hurts. <laughs> yeah, you're sticking like a camera in your fucking. I know, ear. but my my son and I like looked in our noses and. <laughs> okay, well that sounds fun. You know why I brought it up? Because you think you have a giant spider under your house. I can use this camera to go look at it. It's, it's not in, under my house. It's like stuck in the wall. Like, it's I no. It's a peanut. It's a peanut. Oh, Vera. <laughs> a peanut has legs since when? Well, now I have my nose, my ear, my nose. Ear Are you going to put that in my wall and look at the spider and then put it back in your ear? <laughs> I might, because I don't know if it's going back in my ear. <laughs> 
you know where cameras don't belong outside of professional situations <laughs> inside your body yeah don't do it is it gay the big question is it gay <laughs> To stick a camera up your butt. <laughs> I, that is, I mean, washing is one thing, but actually taking a look up your own butt. Well, I don't know. I did mention I had a colonoscopy earlier this year. Are you gay? <laughs> you must be gay. I'm gay for cameras, Barbara. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that? It's one thing I've learned about myself doing this podcast. <laughs> You're gay for cameras. Um, yeah, because you said you got a colonoscopy, but you didn't say you didn't like it. <laughs> and I also didn't say that I wasn't the one who performed it on myself. <laughs> A little foreshadowing there. I was wondering how I could bring it up. Thank you for giving me that opening. <laughs> Thank you for giving yourself that opening, honestly. <laughs> and I mean that because you said the camera thing first, not any other way. Okay. Uh, we we did a, a How We Met with Katie. Katie is our uh, Muslim friend who met a Muslim man. And she wasn't sure if she wanted to be with him at first because he was from a country that's especially bad track record-y with, la- with the ladies. But yeah, I mean, that that's an example of social media, a social media meeting that worked. So I was happy to hear it. Yeah, I was happy too. Good job, Katie. What was after Katie? Is that the last thing we did? No, well, so peppered in between all those were a lot of twin sites that we did. We talked a lot about assault. If you want yeah. to go back, trigger warnings on those. We talked about work. We talked about work. I do think that work, friendships, love, they're all interrelated. Yeah. Of course, the common denominators, you and how you and your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries came up a lot in Aaron's book also. Boundaries, I think, are the essence of a happy life. Yeah. I had misgivings about doing the work rock block, but I really do think it's part of this, you know. Well, work is a relationship. It's your time. It's your interests. Like it or not, you're, you're going to be with people that you may or may not mesh with. You should be happy in what you're doing mm-hmm. because, you know, the trade-off is you're, you're getting money for work. In relationships, you're getting companionship or any number of things. But what are you willing to put in to get that back, I guess? Well, also, I think it's like if it's not a good fit, you have to move on yes, and the stakes yes. are high. Just like with love, the stakes are high with job. It's your livelihood. For me, it was like whether or not I could afford IVF and have a family, which is the most important thing in the world to me. And if I were to just give any advice on that, I would say you, you got to move sooner rather than later. I get it. I get really into my jobs. I get into my projects. I get into the studio that I'm with. And it frequently feels like a breakup when I move on. Um, You know, just like in a relationship, like where you think like, oh, well, he did this or she did that. And that makes me happy, even though all these other things mm. don't make me happy. Yeah. I've absolutely done that with jobs. Yeah. Well, they're they're not paying me, but they did give me a t-shirt and they did, you know, I do, I do, I feel really like I love this project. I feel like I'm really invested in it. Like it can't be just like one out of five things. Yeah. It's got to be enough things that you're not trying to convince yourself that it's a right fit. It should just, it should be a right fit. And you can grow out of jobs the same way you grow out of relationships. Yeah. And that is very important. And it can be very difficult to leave a job that you like aspects of, but you outgrow jobs yeah just like you outgrow relationships but it's also like you know like when when a job creates that like urgency because they need you to work your ass off and you get so into it because you're like i want to do a good job you're personally invested in it yeah but for fucking what you know but here's the thing just like a relationship you take you to every job you take you to every relationship so you can bring your hard work 
and your passion and your love to a place that's going to treat you better and, yeah. and pay you more. Just like you can take the love that you have inside of you and you can bring it to the, somebody who's going to reciprocate it or give you enough that it's an exchange instead of you just... Yeah. But I think in both cases, it affects your self-esteem. Oh, absolutely. And, the, and it pushes your boundaries. And these are just very important things to just to love yourself and be happy and not fall into depression or feel anxious and to like cut years off of your life. Me saying this is, I absolutely know I'm coming from a place of privilege, having saved money, been able to save money and I know a lot of people are, are not in that situation now I certainly haven't been in that situation in the past and suffered yeah at, at really toxic job environments but it's just something I, th- I just you can't discount the importance of not being subjected to a shitty environment I like know that. I mean I think about like I have a job that I quit that I'd hated for a long time and I didn't f- feel fulfilled at and when I finally made that decision like I cannot do this anymore I really don't want to do this anymore I got another job offer before I even quit yeah. you know and it's and it doesn't always happen that way but I think the same thing happens with relationships like you have to just admit to yourself this is not working because I think you have to make that room in your life for the other stuff to come in mm-hmm. and I know that sounds like fantastical and like eh, but I think it's true I really do well m- my experience with that is the last relationship if you want to call it that that I was in I did what you said and nothing has come to me and it's been nine months and it's going on you know a couple of years you don't think the pandemic maybe is a little bit because I quit a job or I, I my job ended I had a job that ended in 2007 right when the recession hit and I didn't find a job for a year and a half well whatever the circumstances I'm just I just want to say it is hard and I'm it not, is hard but yes. it's not there was no other option. No. I couldn't have continued with what that thing was. So I, you did make the right decision because... And it is hard. For anyone who's worried that it's going to be hard, I just want to tell you it is it hard. It can be hard, yeah. I send you love. And that yeah. there's nothing. Like, there's nothing. Like, this has been a very hard year for me. And I've spent... I've had a lot of difficult times. I know. I know. Yeah. But that's better than being in a relationship with someone who's going to cause more damage. Yes, I agree. And I, 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 I send, I just send love and like, just encourage you to rely on friends and do whatever you can. And look for the stuff that makes yourself happy to go back to the very first thing I said. It'll also normalize though, it being bleak, fucking bleak. Like it's not the end of the world, <laughs> but it's fucking. I don't, what's it? Toxic positivity. I'm not doing toxic positivity. I'm not saying you are. Okay. I just want people people to feel especially now that the holidays are here like uh, there's a great article in the LA Times about a bunch of things you can do by yourself in LA oh wait till somebody tiktoks it (laughs) (laughs) um what else do we have I'm gonna just gonna come out and say this what I've been and I've been trying to get to this for like two years (laughs) but we have a single listener in Belgium who's been very consistent oh I just want to say whoever you are I can see that you're the uh, only person in Belgium who's listening to us. Um, merci. I don't know how to... What's the other language? Is it Flemish? Flemish. There's another one, though. Oh, damn. German? Danke? Mm-hmm. No. Uh-oh. Belgian? Please, it is up to you to let us know what your native language is. So we can thank you properly. Yeah. Um, some advice based on my dating this year. Believe someone when they tell you who they are. Yep. That's that's uh, Maya Angelou's quote from 8,000 years ago. She did an interview with Oprah in a bed. They were singing in a bed together and she said it. And, and, and also have a sense of humor about it when you perhaps learn later that you didn't listen. When someone told you right out the gate something that you needed to know and you just went, ha, ha, ha. What is this experience? Um, I dated someone who was sober and I was like, amazing. I love it. Someone who's 
recovering is my speed. And I was like, hey, so what is your addiction now? And he's like, sex. I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then whatever, a month later, I was like, it dawned on me. I had like a Kaiser Soze experience. Like, like, that guy's a sex addict. I can't believe it. And then I thought back to the time when I said, (laughs) what is your addiction? And he said, sex. And I said, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, Let's see. uh, Oh, I also learned this. When you're not interested in somebody, don't send them a long text saying, like, I had a really great time with you, um, blah, blah, blah. I feel like I'm not in the right place. Like, don't do that because I've done that so many times. Like, I've early on when I was dating, like, I, I would never just say, like, no, I'm not interested. Yeah. Partially because I was very insecure and I would like, this is what I would want. I wouldn't want to be, I'd want to be let down gently and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I've had it happen a couple times this year. And it and feels I, silly. Huh? And I can just tell you. <laughs> it's it looks ridiculous yeah okay what would you say just uh hey i don't feel a connection or yes that's that's what i said to someone this year and it was like it was perfect yeah because you kind of can't you can't argue that um like don't project your own insecurity on someone else yeah short and sweet yeah and be willing to lose that person's interest as well like don't do the thing where you're like keeping them hanging yeah and i think also a first date should feel like an adventure and not at all transactional Hmm. okay then and if it doesn't at all you know right away. What kind of adventure? I don't That's the best way I can put it. It's like you're, you have a back and forth. You're learning stuff about each other. A genuine connection. It has nothing to do with like who's paying or like any of the in- trappings of uh, the, so, so what do you like, what trying, like the societal like, oh, he paid. Oh, he bought me an expensive dinner or yeah, we, we're at a fancy place and none of that is important. It should be like you were just so excited to see that person. Can you describe a date like this? It would be something. Yeah, well, I went on a date with somebody and it was a lot like that. And then it reminded me of like dating my first husband before we were married, you know, and it was or like the first time we ever had lunch together. And it was just so pleasurable. And Aww. like, so we were just in it together. I don't know, just getting there, like sitting in a car together and then like just ordering, like everything was just so fun, yeah. you know? And it was like a special thing that, I don't know, when, when you... So are you saying you'd have to get to a place already that you know enough about that person that you're excited to have a meal with them? Well, I've never had the experience of meeting someone for the first time and, and doing that. So I don't, I don't know if it's possible. I'm assuming it is. For me, I know 100% I need to know this person first or meet them at a party or something. That's something I've learned, which is also why I got off Hinge. Okay. But um, I think it would help, but may not be necessary. Also... I've learned a thing that might feel like that, but is not that is when you have a conversation with someone where they talk the entire time and you ask really good questions and you feel really good about the questions you ask. But then you come away from the date realizing that you say, you did an interview. Yes. That's not a good date. Yeah, that's not a good date. That person, that person is not going to appreciate you. And that wasn't a good date. Focus on friendships if you're not dating. And, and if you are dating, always focus on your friendships. Let's see. Talk on it. I think it's really important to focus on whatever journey you're on and not the goal or the end result. Mm-hmm. Did you learn that on TikTok? Or? <laughs> well, I mean, would I be saying it if I didn't? <laughs> no. TikTok's going to go the way of Reddit pretty did you, soon. Did you did you understand the assignment? I, we made some TikToks. We did. They were fun. You know what? I, I learned one factoid on TikTok that I applied to a creative project I was doing, and I only had to watch approximately 37,000 TikToks <laughs> to get there. <laughs> So, yeah, okay. No, I really do think that uh, I'm going to say this from the perspective of now feeling a little bit like I've accomplished some of 
my goals that I really wanted to accomplish over the last decade. Yeah. I wish I just enjoyed my life a little bit more instead of worrying about whether or not I was going to accomplish these goals. I just, I think I could have done things differently. And I still don't even know what's going to happen. I wish I hadn't like focused on if only I do this, if only I get that. Like Vera, I think year 2022 is all about two twins. You know what I mean? I do. And speaking of two There's a movie out now on Netflix about two people who've been sewn together. That's all I know about it. It's like Human Centipede for two two people. (laughs) That's all I got to say. Oh, the Human Centipede. I'm just going (laughs) to... Is it made by the same guy? I know he has a new movie. If that's that's all he can do... (laughs) We do sewn together people (laughs) genre. Because it was three people and then it became more. And then I think it was like like 20 people, right? Because there's three Human Centipedes. Was he taking it back to basics now? (laughs) Can you imagine him going into the movie studio? Look, you've seen my other work. I got something completely new. It's not people sewn together again, is it? Hear me out. Hear me out. Now that we minimalists for for the minimalists, and it's like you know how COVID, like you could be in a room with just one other person and get sick. One other person can be scary. What if this? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, green light. All right. All right. Can we end it on that? It's in the movie. Yeah, it's in the movie. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy 2022. We will see you in the new year with the ethical ethical slut. slut. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.